0: Welcome to us early Saturday edition of Wild Fan Line. No Pat Micheletti. Brandon Molesky's doing something better. So it's Kevin Falmus. And Zach Halverson following a 3-2 overtime loss to the Buffalo Sabres. Halvey, you've done some amazing things in your life. You used to work for the Horn. You work on the Power Trip Morning Show. Where does this rank in the chronicles of the great things you've done in the history of Zach Halverson? Well, I've grown up listening to you, Kevin, from when I was in diapers to now being
1: able to... Uh, share a uh, radio show with you today. It's it's an honor and a privilege, and I can't wait to uh, talk some wild hockey with you and the rubes out there today.
0: I can tell you this much: when the Wild were skating with a two-one lead late in regulation, the Sabers couldn't keep the puck in their own end, despite the fact, in the, the Wild end, despite the fact they had pulled the goaltender. I thought, all right, so we're going to talk to Declan Chisholm in the post game. We're going to celebrate a fifth consecutive victory. All, but then it all came to. Came to a head there in with thirty some seconds left to go. Jordan Greenway bites his former team, and then they'll have fallen overtime. I thought this was going to have a much different tenor. Yeah, you, you
1: said it, Kevin. I mean, when uh, when Tage Thompson missed that puck at the blue line, he was uncovered, the puck squirted out to neutral ice. It was like, okay, this definitely had the feeling of uh, of no worries. Uh, Hakuna Matata heading into uh, a Monday afternoon game against Vancouver, and, yeah, it all came crashing down. Uh, a controversial no whistle there. I know uh, we heard uh, Philip Gustafson in the post game; He was not too happy about that, and uh, that's just how, how close it can be in this league. It is such a tough league day in and day out. You can't take your foot off the gas at all because if you do – uh, you'll, you'll pay for it, and fortunately, today the Wild pay for it, but the good thing is at least they kept that point streak going. They got a point, and uh, they
0: need every... Last point here at this part of the at this point in the season. Yeah, as I mentioned in the post game, four zero and one in their last five, so that's nine out of a possible ten points. You even go back to before the All Star break when they blew those two stinkers in regulation on home ice to Nashville and Anaheim, still seven two and one in their last ten overall, grabbing fifteen out of out of a possible twenty points. But they had the opportunity to get that sixteenth point today. It doesn't happen, and they settle for the overtime loss. You can listen to myself and Halvey babble back and forth, but would love to have your contributions. Were you at Xcel Energy Center today? What did you see in the overtime loss? How do you feel about the uh, the the status of the wild? What Did this overtime loss do anything for your hopes and dreams of getting into the top eight in the Western Conference? You want to get involved, you have the opportunity. 800-320-5326. Booth at KFAN.com. You can also text us, six eight86 uh, How did you feel about... How do you feel about how overtime has evolved in the National Hockey League? There's talk about putting a shot clock on it or making it so you can't go over the blue line. You have to stay on that end of the ice. What are uh, The red line. What do you think about how overtime has evolved with the three-on-three
1: stuff? I would like to see them experiment a little bit in the AHL, which is kind of where they've done in the past with the trapezoid, among other real changes, because I don't know what the right answer is because we haven't seen it. We haven't seen how they will coach with it and how they will – change it to make it uh, advantageous to them. I mean, we saw that uh, tonight with uh you know that that sort of that cycling at the at the Buffalo Blue Line with the Wild as they The Wild
0: it, owned overtime. Yeah, until they, did. they didn't.
1: Cuz they were I mean, they were tiring out Buffalo and uh it looked it was going great. They got the shot they wanted. I mean, boldy, you know, straight up a great this opportunity. Is the net unfortunately, he missed that. The worst case scenario there for Boldy, because if you're going to miss the net, you cannot miss it into the corner, because it hits the corner glass, it goes back the other way, and that allows Buffalo to change. They get possession, they get uh, fresh skaters out there. If you look at the uh, the shift time toward the end there, uh, all those guys were fresh, all the other, the, the three uh, wild players out there were, were, were gassed, and it unfortunately uh, ended up in the back of the wild net, but uh, I feel like something has to be done, because it just, it doesn't look like hockey, it, it Initially, it was great. Initially, it was fun. Yeah, it was fire but, wagon. But now we're we're uh, we're yeah we're playing this. Uh, it feels like a little bit, if you remember the Swarm back in the day, it feels a little uh, box lacrosse out there uh, when it's three-on-three three overtime because possession is so key, and you can't blame anybody for doing it because that's what they've determined is, is best for their team, and you have to do what's best for your team. But as you said, I think there has to be, whether it be a shot clock or a, a blue line rule or something, some shape or form, I think there's a way to, to make it better, but – I don't know what that is because I don't think we really knew back when they instituted 3-on-3 overtime that
0: the, this is what we were going to see uh, after so many years. You ready for some breaking news? Sure. Unfortunately, won't do anything to the final score. In a while, they're still going to lose 3-2 in overtime, but that game-tying goal? Yeah. Uh, late in regulation. Now, instead of going to Jordan Greenway, it goes to Dylan Cousins. He'll get his mm. 11th of the year, 1923 of the third period. Greenway will get one assist. Thompson will get the other one. Uh, again, does nothing to change it? Does that help uh, it go down better in the fact that it isn't Jordan <laughs> Greenway that gets credit for it? Instead, it's Dylan Cousins? There is, uh, there's always been
1: that, that weird, weird deal where the, these old, uh, wild players come in and they, just light the lamp here, and whether it is old wild players or or former Minnesotans and we the got kid we got too. Casey Middlestad. Yeah. so if you ever uh, if you 're ever looking at uh, prop bets or whatever it 's always never a bad idea to if you don't want to bet against the wild, but if you 're going to, you might want to throw a, a goal score on some of the former Minnesotans because they always seem to perk up here they always seem to to get that uh, little extra edge when they player here at the Excel Energy Center.
0: Pretty cool story though about Declan Chisholm gets his first goal in the National Hockey League, first goal as a member of the Minnesota Wild. Bided his time waiting for an opening. He was signed by the Wild off of waivers from Winnipeg at the end of January. Sat idle for a little bit, wasn't exactly collecting dust, but he was taking in information. Finally gets into the lineup was running the second power play today and finds the back of the net. How about that? Yeah, he seemed to uh, pass the eye test
1: today. That's for sure. I mean, he, he definitely looked like he belonged out there. He didn't uh, stand out uh, good or bad, which is kind of what you you want until, of course, he stood out when uh, he got the spotlight shone on him with that beautiful shot from the blue line that found its way all the way through and, and, and gave this team that that huge two to one lead early in the third that really set things up for for the Wild the rest of the way. Again, just a, few, a half a minute away from that being the game winner. So uh, he 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 played very very well. I thought uh, it was exciting to see him uh, do so well in his debut and uh, for a blue line that that needs maybe some fresh uh, life back there. Uh, he's certainly uh, presenting that. We'll see what they.
0: Decide to do with the lineup
1: on Monday, but I would uh, I'd like to see more of Declan Chisholm.
0: Declan Chisholm in his Minnesota Wild career, shooting 100%. One shot, one goal, and it's a big one in this one. Unfortunately, it doesn't hold. Also had a hit and a takeaway in his Minnesota Wild debut. Logged 14 minutes and 46 seconds of ice time. We talked a lot about the top line and how good they've been heading into this one, especially once they were configured late in the game in Chicago. The next... Two, three games that followed, including tonight they've been on fire. 17 points in the th- previous three games. Tonight they are on the board as well after Middlestad gave the Sabres the 1-0 lead. Ericssonek and Kaprizov combined to tie the game at 1-1. Jule Eriksson-Eck, 25 goals now on the season. We talk about how good he is defensively and how he's a new and improved version of Miko Koivu, but this kid's got hands. He can play. If you've been on the ice
1: house all afternoon and just haven't seen that eriksson goal, I do want to point out that was... An incredible pass from Kirill Kaprizov, and he knew where Seneck was going to be, and he put it exactly where he needed to be, and, and that's just out of the reach of just, his UPL. It was unbelievable, and 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 that's what you want to see from that line. Is is it's the classic, you know, you know where they are without even seeing them, and and that certainly seemed to be the case. And and we, we need those guys to step up. We've been talking about it all year that they need those their top guys to be their top guys, and and that's certainly uh, well, that's certainly been the case here to uh, this week, and this.
0: stretch here of of wins. What I saw on that goal, Kaprizov busting down the left wing, runs out of runway, and he realizes UPL has the short side Mm -hmm. closed off. So he just puts it on the doorstep out of reach from UPL. Maybe UPL was even caught off guard. The puck is just sitting there and a crashing Jules neck, Nobody's stopping him. He's got a wide open net to tie the game at a goal apiece. Just just so cool. That's that's the
1: kind of stuff you, you, you you want to see more and more and more and and I think you know as this season has gone on, and the injuries have just been been so tough on on John Hines, and even before that with with Everson trying to figure out uh, the right proper line, line combinations. And I feel like they're really starting to to cement some of these these guys uh, together here. And, and yeah, that that beak line, if you will, the the Boldy Eriksenek and uh, Kirill Kaprizov line is. Is so much fun to watch, and and they're really elevating the rest of the team as well. I'm, I'm seeing out there. It's just everybody else is is contributing as well. So, it's it's a tough loss. It's a gut punch. But at the end of the day, they got uh, the one point. They got the the regulation point, and. Hopefully they can uh, not uh, take too many steps back here. Just keep it rolling and, and get more two more points on Monday. The beak line, eh? The beak line. Did you come up with that? No, I think I saw Lavelle E. Neil the Third tweet it, but I'll... oh, so
0: you're pulling a Rosie? You're I stealing did. up the guy's takes.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you're stealing from Laval. <laughs> oh, come on, pull a Rosie. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's a common line. That is a common line. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm excited to see what these guys do here.
0: All right, let's get our first break out of the way. Phone lines are starting to pile up, so if you want to get involved, this is your opportunity. Saturday night, Wild Fan Line, it's only 730. What a perfect time to talk about this Minnesota Wild team and where you think things are at this point in time. Just... Under 30 games left to go, trade deadline right around the corner, and Wild trying to scramble into the top eight, what did they do to their chances tonight? Settling for a loss, settling for a point in an overtime loss to the Buffalo Sabres. Get online, 800-320-5326. You can also text us, 646-86. I'm Kevin Falmas. You heard it right. That's Halvey, Zach Halverson, taking your calls while Fanline continues in a minute. It's an overtime loss tonight in St. Paul, while lose to the Buffalo Sabres get the point, but would have loved to have two. They were 35.8 seconds away from getting both points. But they settle for one in an overtime loss. We're taking your calls at 800-320-5326. Wild fan line coming your way from the Bob Kurtz Radio Center. Kevin Falmus, along with Zach Halverson. I mentioned the fact the Wild have to settle for a point, Halvey, but that point's a big one because it leapfrogs them past both Calgary and Seattle, now the Wild are just four points back of St. Louis for the final wild card spot in the Western Conference. If you think it's bad for the Minnesota Wild tonight, they do get that point. Meanwhile, the Blues suffer defeat to the Predators. Predators spank them 5-2 in St. Louis, so things could certainly be worse.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. You start looking at math, and you, you look at the the amount of games remaining that the Wild have, and Tom Reid talked about a little bit earlier today, a lot of games against the Central Division, which is – uh, the classic uh, four-point games that they have, so they have they certainly have the ability to to move up in the standings. And you think about you know twenty-eight games, so you got a what a max of fifty-six points uh, that you can get. So Are you going to do math right now? I'm not going to do exact <laughs> math, but if you if you think about it, if you can get you know two out of three or three out of four every time, and if you lose, great. But if you can keep winning every every three or four games, um, that is. Probably going to get you in. That's that's how tough it is, but I think it's doable.
0: Well, if they go through a stretch like this, where they go four zero and one in their in in five, and and they do that down the stretch, well, they'll be in great shape. That's a a real tall task. But again, you look at what happened in that game, uh, the Central Division collision in St. Louis. Yeah, St. Louis doesn't get anything, but Nashville does, and now Nashville leads the Wild by two points in the Western Conference standings. But that's the way it's going to be each and every night as you look at the scoreboard. So that's why. if you're the Wild, you got to do your due diligence. They settle for a point tonight, but when you have those head-to-head matchups, like later on this week, they're going to be in Seattle. You got to win that, and if you can take two, give none. Yeah, and you know you're going to have to win it because
1: you got to battle against Edmonton the night before, and uh, that that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough after uh, what they're 18 of the last 21 now. Uh, so it's you got to get your wins where you can get them, and and so this is a big week for the Wild. I think. Looking ahead, you got Vancouver, which is a very, very tough team there. Phenomenal this year, but they're beatable, and it's at home. It's a one o'clock game, kind of a weird uh, puck drop time. But uh, and then you got to go on the road against Winnipeg. You, you know, if you can get a get a steal a point out of there, hopefully that's such a, hor- a house of horrors. Every time they is. go, there's something tragic. <laughs> it's happens. tough. I want to be positive, but it's always just wild up there. They,
0: they play a different. Winnipeg does the Jets play a different game when they're in their house against the Wild than they do when they're in St. Paul? And they they're kind of reckless. They do something stupid. They either squash. Uh, of groin or they slash his kidneys. Hopefully they put uh, him in protective bubble wrap for that game, get out of there unscathed and, and see how it goes. But when you look at the what's left for the schedule for the Wild, from now until the end of the regular season, it is a relatively soft schedule compared to the rest of the National Hockey League. The problem is... This is a real tough week, and it would have been nice to get both points against the Sabres team that's floundering towards the bottom of the Eastern Conference. They settle for one, but now you look at what you got, and, and I think you talked about this a little bit. You, you're home against Vancouver. The number 1 team in hockey, by the way, led by Rick Tockett. Very good team coming into St. Paul for a matinee game on Monday. Then you're in Edmonton. You're in uh, Winnipeg. This is a tough week. This, that's why this one hurts extra special, because it's going to be tough to get points of At least this three-game stretch. And that's why they got
1: to dig deep and maybe play like the Sabres did today and and try to steal at least a point uh, toward the end of the game because, uh, yeah, every point uh, matters. And, uh, yeah, you look at the next four. uh, I think, like we were saying earlier, you got to get two, four, six, I would say probably five or six this week. And that's very tough. It's doable. They're going to have to dig deep. And, like you said, too, Tuesday, uh, this newfound rivalry, not really newfound, but maybe uh, just a whole different level this season. It's been a, a rivalry with the uh, border uh, battle to our north in Manitoba and Winnipeg. So, uh, yeah, it's tough. It's it's a very much a, but we'll see. Hopefully they can surprise us and uh, uh, take some, uh, some points next week. And then, as you mentioned, gets a little bit easier next week back home against Carolina. And then a leap day battle at Nashville. Again, another one of those four-point games that you can figure out a way to, to to get a couple in Nashville. They play pretty well at Bridgestone Arena usually, so we'll see.
0: Yeah, that's a tough building, though, typically. And especially right now in Nashville in the wild, uh, in a dead heat, looking to climb into the top eight. If you're looking for action to watch tonight, how about in Vancouver? The Canucks will host the Winnipeg Jets, definitely one to keep an eye on. Uh, looking at the out-of-town scoreboard, Halvey, I see the Toronto Maple Leafs are up big at home against the Ducks. They lead 7-1, still two minutes left to go in the second. Austin Matthews, three goals on the night. The game's not even two-thirds of the way over He's up to 48 goals on the season, What, what a, and, and we talk a lot about Nikita Kucherov, McKinnon, McDavid, potential Hart Trophy candidates. Matthews is going to score 70 goals this season, and, and he's not even thought of as the league MVP.
1: Yeah, I think uh, if, if Canada's looking for a Stanley Cup, uh, this, this might be their year, if not the, the next few years, with all the talent that is north of the border, and, and he is... Uh, just uh, becoming a superstar, which is really not becoming. He's been a superstar, but a whole new level of superstar uh, this season has Austin Matthews, and uh, that's good for the game. He's he's got a, a personality. He's got a cool uh, following away from it, so uh, hopefully bringing some more fans in as well. But uh, yeah, the Toronto Maple Leafs just uh, just cr- crushing the Ducks right now, and uh, of course you got the uh, the stadium series going on. Uh, as well out east, uh, which uh, hopefully will come back to Minnesota soon. Hard to believe it's already been, what is it now, eight years since, uh,
0: 2014, since we 2014, wasn't it? It was six, 2015. Yeah. Whatever. 16, I think. The, the outdoor, we were talking about this this morning on Beyond the Pond. The outdoor hockey is fun when it's in your backyard. Yeah. I could care less about it in New York, Los Angeles, Hawaii, Mars, Hawaii, and Okay, here. come on. Hawaii would be cool. Yeah, not don't you know, care. You they play it like on the top of like a no, volcano or something? No, I've outdoor hockey. I, outdoor I'm, hockey in, in Hawaii would be notable. On a volcano, in, in the midst of a volcano? It could be interesting. <laughs> um, those Chicago Blackhawks, by the way, doesn't mean anything for the standings, but of particular interest... Connor Bedard is back. He's got two games in his be- in his under his belt since returning from his fractured jaw. Today, a goal and an assist in those two games, three points to move past Brock Faber and probably reclaim at least some of the population's opinion as the rookie of the year in the National Hockey League. Has he jumped over Brock Faber again? Yeah, probably. And
1: uh, you know, it- it's amazing the way they can rehab players nowadays where they can come back and it's like they've never missed a game. Uh, he, he certainly just uh, looked just classic Faber, uh, which classic Fabers like a few weeks ago basically feels like now. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's probably the favorite, but uh, uh, we'll see. I mean, F- you know, Faber's sort of quieted down just a bit, at least when it comes to the, the scoring side. Uh, but if he starts to heat up, which the Wild will need him, uh, to heat up again uh, out there. Uh, Middleton's doing everything he can to score, too, man. I, I, it's hard to believe he's a defenseman. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's in that blue paint more time. than most of the forwards. So, yeah, uh, yeah I think, unfortunately, Bedard's uh, probably
0: more of a lock for that now. But we'll see. We'll see. It's, a, it's still a lot a lot of hockey to be played here. Just checking the score sheet just for fun. Brock Favor, 26 minutes and 28 seconds of ice time tonight, but a minus three. So, yeah. just for the heck of it. Um, how was this? Your first... Wild fan line. Was it as exciting? Or did it live up to your hopes and aspirations? It did. It did. It actually exceeded those. It's uh, It's been a pleasure, Kevin, uh,
1: spending this Saturday afternoon, early evening with you in St. Paul uh, with the Wild, and I can't wait Monday get done with the power trip and try to hightail it up here to St. Paul for a little President's Day battle against the Canucks. More emotional. Your first wild fan line or your final broadcast on the horn? Not even close. That uh, That's 12 years. Shout out to Josh in White Bear Lake uh, listening. He texted in and uh, yeah, it's uh, it was tough to say goodbye, but uh, hey, cool things ahead here and it's good to be here with you, Kevin.
0: It's always a, pleasure. Be anywhere else. always a pleasure to see your shiny face, whether it's in person or via my camera roll or via the, the old Twitter machine. Halvey, enjoy your weekend. We will talk to you Monday. See you later, Mr. Fulness. The voice of Zach Halverson joining us here on the Wild Fan Line. Pat Micheletti out ch- chasing a dollar, doing work for the Big Ten Network. Good for him. As for us, we watch the Wild fall short today they lose in overtime to the buffalo sabers settle for the point still 4-0-1 in their last five. two and one in their last ten when we next talk at least here on the minnesota wild radio network it'll be one o'clock on kfan monday president's day wild hosting the vancouver canucks hopefully you'll join us i know nordo is broadcasting live from the bob kurtz radio center from nine to noon so lots of action monday from st paul hopefully you'll join us for Zach Halverson and Max Fuller. Running the tunes back in St. Louis Park. I'm Kevin Fallness. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you Monday from St. Paul.